Hi, I'm Kayla Bren, your host of Discovering the Balance. Today is Sunday, July 11th, 2021, and this is episode 12. I am recording from, of course, inside Diesel Dolly the Truck, and today I am coming to you from Medora, North Dakota. Today's episode is going to be more of my own personal journey of how I got to be this person who now lives on the road. And today's highlight is going to be talking about how I came to fall in love with the practice of yoga. And then in addition to that, I'm going to spend a good chunk of time talking about where we've been the last two weeks. This is the first time I have had a week in between episodes, so we quite literally have a lot of ground to cover, and so I will spend the rest of the episode updating you all on where we have been and where we are headed next. So without further ado, let's jump in. I want to spend some time today talking about something that is very near and dear to me, and that is the practice of yoga. And it's really more the practice of healing yoga and how powerful that can be. It has been such a game changer for myself, and I'm not alone in that. And, you know, honestly, prior to this whole never-ending journey, my idea of what yoga was is really far off from what it should have been. (laughs) And again, I have to blame our Western culture. Um, We have Westernized yoga to an extent that it's almost unrecognizable. Um, Yoga is not intended to be all of these fancy tricks and (laughs) whatnot. It is supposed to be a very individual practice that's very intimate. So I want to talk more about yoga, but I first thought I would start as always, of like the background of how this became such a huge part of my life. So the months leading up to my diagnosis, I have mentioned I was just at my wits end. I now look back and I wish I could have seen like how strong I was physically at this time. I was so consumed with what the number was on the scale that I wasn't even impressed that in addition to being able to do the high intensity workouts with Beachbody six days a week, I was also going out and running like five to six miles a couple times a week. And it was the first time in my life that I was able to run that type of distance without stopping. But I was not impressed. (laughs) I was not impressed because I didn't care about what I could physically do at that point. I was concerned with what the number on the scale was. So as you all know, once I received that diagnosis, I just like kind of threw up my hands and I was frustrated. I was sad. And I also was finally starting to give myself a little bit of room to just rest. So once the diagnosis hit, I was just like, I was done. I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not working out. I canceled the beach body. I (laughs) stopped running and all that I was doing was walking the dog and I was fine with that. So it was the summer of 2019. Nope, not the summer of 2019. It was the summer of 2018. And a coworker of mine started talking about how he and his wife were doing some yoga online uh, on YouTube. And it was called Yoga with Adrian. And he told me, he was like, I really think you would like it. He was like, I think you should check it out. 
And I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I think I have, but (laughs) there are voices in my life that I'm like, that I feel that God has placed in my life for a very specific reason. And I believe that the Holy Spirit does work through each one of us um, when we are disciples of Christ. And so I think the people that are in our lives, we have to be very careful, but I think often we are being nudged and pushed in a direction um, that we all, we don't always even listen to. So when he mentioned this, I was like, this is very bizarre. I did not think I would be getting like workout information from you. Like that's especially about yoga. So anyways, I just thought it was so bizarre that I was like, I think I'm going to have to try it. And so it was soon after that, that I did at home, um, try out a video with yoga with Adrienne. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard of her. I have tooted, um, her horn many times to many people and tried to suggest using, um, or, you know, doing her classes online. But for me, this is what happened with yoga. Um, not only is Adrienne, um, a unique teacher in the sense that like, she's not your traditional teacher. Well, I don't know. What is traditional, right? Um, Adrienne's style is very much that you are your best guide, that she is there to give direction, but you need to listen to your own body and your body will tell you will tell you what feels right for today. And that might be different today than it is from tomorrow and learning to honor that that's where the good stuff is. And this was a brand new idea to me. (laughs) Like I'm like, wait a minute, I can listen to my body. I can notice what feels good today versus not. I don't, I, I didn't even know what that meant. And at this time, I was still very much struggling with like, what is listening to your body? Like, what? (laughs) I've tuned my body out for many, many years. I don't quite know how to do this. But it was the practice of yoga and showing up on the mat and the ability to show up on my mat in my home. I was experiencing a lot of shame at this point, you know? (laughs) I mean, notoriously, people get married and then they put on a lot of weight. Well, I was only about nine months into marriage and, you know, I, we all have what we think other people are thinking of us, right? Um, maybe some of us struggle with that way more than others, but I was very much in my head and getting on the mat and having a voice speaking to me with such kindness, not you've got this or don't give up. It was just, it was kindness and it was movement. And I started to move my body in a way where I started to notice strength in different areas of my body that I didn't even really recognize before. I think I was again, concerned with that number on the scale and then also the look in the mirror and, you know, doing yoga, you in so many different poses, you feel how connected your entire body is. And you also feel this inner strength. And that is what I love the most about yoga is that most often I get on my mat and it's hard. Like I don't always want to get on my mat, but it's afterwards that I remember and I recognize that it's so much more than just stepping onto the mat. It is taking a few moments to find your breath and to connect that breath with your movement. And here's my beef with Western yoga. 
that's not what it is. Like yoga has to be so much more, or it has to be something fun and exciting like goat yoga, which listen, I have no issues with goat yoga at all, but yoga has been researched and so many studies have been done that yoga is very healing. And that is for me where I was drawn in and wanted to be able to share that with more people. So it was within a year. So it was actually the summer of 2019 for reals that I decided I wanted to pursue a certification in yoga. I just felt very nudged towards being able to share this with others. So fun fact with yoga, you actually don't have to have a certification. Um, it's not required. I mean, like you can take a class. Most likely you have taken classes from people who have technically not been certified. Um, but if you practice yoga all the time, I mean, you probably have the knowledge and I did feel like I had a good bit of knowledge, but because my practice had been solely at home, I wanted to get into a real studio, a physical studio and be able to have somebody like critique me and tell me if I'm doing something wrong. Um, of course there are certifications online, I did not want to go that route. Um, I practice online yoga. I did not want to get my certification that way. So I found Abundant Yoga School um, and knew of a couple other people who had gone through this program. And that is what I pursued. So it was the fall of 2019 that I entered um, Abundant Yoga School. And it was a about six to eight month journey. It actually ended in the pandemic, but you know what? It ended in a certification. So that is really just an overview of how I came to yoga and why yoga has changed me so much. It has allowed me to heal my relationship with my body in ways that I never thought were possible. It's been able to um, show me how strong I am, even on my weakest days. And I think the greatest thing about it is that I now have the ability to get on the mat and start to move my body in a way that I just know feels right, whatever that is today. So I have not been teaching a ton of yoga. I really want to get back to doing that. Um, it's very important to me and it's very near and dear, but I started this podcast back in April and we're traveling so fast that I'm having a hard time keeping up with the podcast, much less teaching yoga. So I'm really looking forward to the fall when we start to slow down and I have more time to be able to share that practice. But I wanted today to just you know, give the background information. You know, a lot of people who have followed along with my story or on Instagram or social media probably know that I teach yoga and have very little information on, you know, how did, how did that come to be? So that's my story on how I fell in love with yoga. I will definitely share more about why I think it's such a beneficial practice. And it's not just my thoughts. I mean, it's all of the research. If you've ever read the book, um, the body keeps the score. It talks a lot about yoga, how it can be a very healing practice and that it can be way more effective than even like therapy. So there's so, there are so many, so many benefits to yoga. I will never forget when I did go see Danny Williamson, uh, she was going over my medical results, like the blood work. 
<laughs> I remember her looking at like different things like my cortisol levels and different vitamins that were depleted. They were all linked to stress. And she just looked at me and she was like, I don't even know how you're getting out of bed in the morning. I was like, mm, yeah, me either. <laughs> um, yet I'm like 32 years old. How sad. And then the other thing, she was like, I don't know what exercise you're doing. She was like, but you need to only be do- walking and doing yoga. And I just remember being like in the appointment being like, well, this is the one thing I do have going for myself already. And I told her that I was in, you know, yoga school and whatnot. She was familiar with the school and was excited because she was like, oh, it's just so great. Um, But I just remember being like, wow, like these are multiple sources along my journey that have reinforced how important yoga is. And again, this is my beef with Western, um, Western civilization and what it has done to yoga. Um, what you see in most studios is, um, is not the authentic yoga, you know, um, everybody is made to be different. And I think a lot of times in classes we are made to feel like we should all look alike. And that is so, so far from the truth. So there's my story with yoga. Thank you for listening. Tune into the next segment. It was two weeks ago that I was last on here. And at that time, we were in Thermopolis, Wyoming and headed towards Custer, South Dakota. So Custer, we knew, was going to hold a few things for us. We were very excited to be having family coming in town to spend the holiday with. And then also we were going to be hitting Wind Cave National Park and also Mount Rushmore. So when we arrived there on Tuesday, we just got settled and whatnot. But on the following day, it was actually my parents' 30th wedding anniversary. So that morning we decided to have a morning campfire. It's one of Graham's most favorite camping things is to have a campfire in the morning. So we sat by that for a few hours and then that afternoon, we decided to go check out Custer State Park. We were only about 15 minutes from it, and we picked out a little one mile walk around Sylvan Lake, and then also to drive through um, a portion of Needles Highway. So Needles Highway is a uh, set of different tunnels that you go through, they're one way, and they're very narrow, but there is this one tunnel that is very long, and it also um, does not you can't go through it if you are wider than nine feet or higher than eight feet. So when we got to it, it was currently being blocked by a tour bus. And when we first looked at it, we we're like, uh, I think he's stuck. But then after talking with some people around us, we learned that that's part of the tour is that it appears you get stuck inside of this tunnel. And so, um, we watched it maneuver its way through the very narrow tunnel. And then the tour bus came out, everybody was all smiles and we saw how the bus was just like scratched and dented all along the sides. I was like, that is a very unique tour bus (laughs) and tour system. So we went through the needles highway and we quickly 
learned that there was just so much to do in this area, Custer State Park alone, you could probably spend three to four days just exploring the many different areas. And we just were like, okay, this is yet again going to be a town that we're not able to do everything that we would like to do. So what can we make the most of and get done? So we were very thankful to have already gone through um, the Needles Highway because we were able to take our family later in the week. And we actually continued the Needles Highway and took it all the way to Mount Rushmore. It was kind of a longer way, but let me tell you, there are a few tunnels near the end where as you're going through, you can see Mount Rushmore. It is so, it is just so cool. So really, really fun thing to do if you're ever in the area. And then we had family arrive and we were just so happy. You know, July 4th is a holiday that when we can, we often would go down to Anna Maria Island and spend the holiday there with my dad's side of the family. So every July 4th, at least for me, uh, a part of my heart is still in Anna Maria, but it was really nice to have family to come in town and just to feel like that was a normal, normal part of the holiday was being with family. So we were able to do with them Wind Cave National Park and then also Mount Rushmore. And then on Sunday, July 4th, Custer did a cute little parade. It started with a B2 flying over, which was really cool. And then the night ended with fireworks. It was a great place to spend July 4th. I mean, I don't know how much more Americana it can get with, be, with being at Mount Rushmore, but being there over the July 4th weekend, there were just a lot of different activities that were extra because of the holiday. So like the presidents were there and doing autographs and things like that. It was just a really fun time to be in Custer. So from Custer, we were headed to Medora, North Dakota. So let me just tell you, if you had asked me just a year ago, like, oh, do you know where Medora is? I'd be like, Medora? No, <laughs> I've never even heard of it. So Medora, North Dakota is where Teddy Roosevelt National Park is. And it's also home to the Medora musical. There is a ton of history in this very small town. The population is 134 people but it is a seasonal town. So right now I can't even imagine how many different people who have come into Medora just for the summer and that are living here. So it definitely fluctuates a lot. So Medora is covered in history. Um, they have great ties with Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt actually spent a good portion of his life out here. Actually, not like a huge portion of his life, but he spent years here. And he also is, he says that, that if it weren't for his time in Medora, then he wouldn't have been the president that he was. So our time in Medora has been so enjoyable. It is a 100% walkable town. Um, we did drive to the Medora musical, um, but Pops drove. So like Diesel Dolly has not moved since she arrived, which let me tell you guys, when you travel full time and you put the miles that we do on the truck, um, especially for Jeff, I mean, he's our driver. He takes us everywhere and he is such a great great driver so so thankful but also it's just a really nice break for all of us to not be in the car we love a walkable town um the last time we were in a walkable town 
I guess would be Zion National Park. And Medora has a whole lot more in, in the actual town for you to be able to do. Um, we hit it on a really great week. There is a sponsor that is like, you know, all the kids tickets are basically free this week. So the Medora musical, he was free. We're going to a Teddy Roosevelt show today. So he's free there as well. But then the town itself just puts on so many different free events. So let me tell you, we have traveled a lot of different places so far on this trip. And I would have to say that if somebody were like, Hey, out of all the places that you would recommend for a vacation that would be enjoyable, I would probably put Medora at the top of the list <laughs> because it's, it, it's not Gatlinburg-esque. Like it's not like that at all. It is quite literally what I would call like a prop town. Like, oh, they need a bank. There's a bank. And like, oh, they need um, a post office. There's the post office. It looks like it is a town that was quite literally just like plopped into place with all of the necessities and all of the quaintness that you would expect. So we have enjoyed thoroughly just being able to walk to everything that we do, but they put on so many different free activities. There have this week been almost every single day, a different like kids type of play kids show. We went to it on Thursday and we were all laughing. It was so cute. Yesterday, Jeff and I woke up and did a about a three mile hike up a butte that we've been staring at this whole time. And we did it with Teddy Roosevelt. It was a guided hike free. Um, and we got to hang out with Teddy. I mean, how awesome is that? And so that leads me into who this person is that I'm going to talk about for the rest of the time, because he has just blown both Jeff and I completely away with the knowledge that he has, um, also the character that he has and just his ability to connect with different people and have something, something in common, right? So Joe Weekend, if you look him up, it, he is like the number one Teddy Roosevelt impersonator. Um, he has made a full on living out of this. He is a historian. He's just a wealth of knowledge. So we got to go hiking with him yesterday and, you know, we went to a bookstore yesterday that he actually recommended us go to. And when we were talking with the bookstore owner and talking about Joe and we were wanting to find a book to read more about Teddy Roosevelt. And he, he, he said something, I said something about like, well, Joe is just like, he, he's so much like Teddy, what you would think of him. And he was like, let me tell you, if you know, Joe, then, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, he was like, they are pretty much one and the same at this point. And I just thought that was so cool. I mean, just a person who has dedicated their life to first of all, sharing history. Like he is a historian to the T we were hiking yesterday and he was just wanting to learn more about us on the way down. There were about like 20 of us that went up, but there's like a ladder system. That's really fun. We're going to take Riley back to it today. There's a ladder system. And so a lot of people took the ladder. And so I looked at Jeff and I was like, do you want to do the ladder now? Or he was like, no, I want to talk to Teddy on the way down. I was like, oh, of course, of course. So on the way down, we were talking to him and this is just an example of his ability to like just connect and have a bit of information for, I think anywhere in the U S honestly. And even the bookstore owner was talking about that yesterday about how like he knows a bit of a tidbit of information that links to Teddy Roosevelt somehow for pretty much all across America, no matter where you say. And so we were hiking down and he, uh, Joe was trying to figure out like, you know, he knew I was from Nashville. He knew Jeff 
was from Chicago and how we met. And so we told him that we met in Statesboro, Georgia. And he was like, there's a college there, isn't there? And we were like, yes, it's Georgia Southern University. And he was like, and it's in Bullock County, if I, if I'm correct. Right. And we were like, yeah, it is Bullock County. And he was like, well, that was named after Teddy Roosevelt's cousin. And it was just so cool. I was like, how random is that? So hanging out with Teddy Roosevelt has been pretty cool, to be honest. We're going to do it again today. He does a show every day, um, at three 30. And so we are going to attend that as well. We've heard great things about it. It is not a free, um, show, but there have been so many other free things in Medora that it makes choosing something to spend money on. In addition, I mean, if you come here, you have to do the musical, like Medora musical must do. But in addition to that, they have a lot of different offerings as well. And I like a town that does give a few different things free because it makes you feel like I really want to put more money into this town. So we go to the bookstore and we buy a new book and you know, now we're going to a show today. And so just an incredible experience here in, in the grand scheme of everything. The town of Modora is just honestly leaving us somewhat inspired. It has drawn us in and reminded us yet again that we really are drawn towards a smaller town and we love a walkable town. Love walkable towns. I don't, I, I didn't realize that I liked that so much, but the few times that we have found ourselves in ones, we really, really enjoy our time there. So Medora is leaving us feeling inspired, feeling us um, ready to dive into some more of our history and learn more about Teddy Roosevelt. And I think it's going to be a town that we hit again because it's just an enjoyable place to come to. So if you're ever, ever looking for some random place to go to out in the Northwest, I highly recommend Medora. So tomorrow we depart Medora and we are headed East. So it was, I guess a few weeks ago that really we looked at each other and we we're like, wow, like this is it. Like this is we are now officially headed east and headed towards home. Now, granted, it takes us a few months to get home. We are still headed that way, and we cannot wait to be back in Tennessee for October. So this week, we are headed into the central time zone. Tomorrow, we will travel to Bismarck, and we will lose an hour on our travel day, which that's never any fun for anybody. <laughs> But then we also looked up what our check-in time for um, our campground is tomorrow, and it's 4 p.m. I'm like, okay, well, in a way, it's a great thing that we're losing an hour because that's a really late check-in time. I think it's the latest that we have had our entire trip. It's not of, it's not unheard of by any means. We just recently booked a Tennessee State Park, and even in Tennessee, it was a check-in time of 4 p.m. So anyways, not the greatest thing. But we head east this week, and by the end of this week, we'll actually be in Minnesota, which that's just so hard to believe that that time has already come. So next week will be a lot of relaxation. We are in some really cool places, but there's a ton of stuff to do in the actual parks that we're staying at. So I look forward to sharing that next week. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope everybody had a beautiful holiday weekend and that you are finding your groove once again back in the grind. Um, 
As always, don't forget to be a great neighbor and to be kind to those that you meet each and every day.